Hi everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth. And this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Good morning saunterers, welcome to another lovely saunter in the sun. And we are in Luke chapter 17 today. And so let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give this day to you and we invite you to come and be with us right now as we look at your word and we ask you to speak to us and we open our hearts to you. We just say, come on, Lord, let this word be alive and active in us today. In Jesus name. Amen. Good morning, Fran. Good to see you. We have the accompaniment of birds again. We might have a stone saw from over the road. It was just starting up. I was just thinking, oh, I better move, I better move. But let's hope it just stays quiet and we can get on with (laughs) our our saunter. So we're in Luke chapter 15 today. And this, I have to say, is probably one of the chapters in the Bible that influenced my theology the most as a young person growing up, as a child growing up in a Christian home these stories were part of the fabric of my life and my understanding of God has been shaped by them from Sunday school and my family, my parents telling us these stories. So the first one, so we've got three parables of Jesus, three lost items and uh, just this incredible sense of the heart of God. Good morning, Rosemary. And so uh, verse 15, it says, uh, sorry, verse one, it says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Good morning, Kasia. So he told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who have no need of, who, no, who need no repentance. And there on cue is the stone saw. I, I bet it's really loud on the recording. Anyway, so this we have this incredible story. It's this idea of the shepherd, and he's got these not these hundred sheep should be, but today he's lost one. One of them's kind of stuck out on the hillside somewhere, and he leaves the ninety-nine, presumably 
in a safe place, shut up in the fold or something, and he goes off to look for his sheep. Is okay, great, Frank. Thanks, Fran. And uh, I, I just want to share something with you which has been so influential to me. Right, my dad, big, strong, muscular blacksmith with red hair, red sort of hairy arms and freckles and red hair and beard. And he used to hold us in his arms and we used to say, Dad, Daddy, sing to us the 99, the 90 and 9. And this old hymn that my dad had plucked out of somewhere and he remembered it and he used to sing it to us. And he would get emotional and cry. We would all snuggle up on my dad and and feel very emotional and feel like we were the little lost sheep. And I just, I'm going to try and sing it. So I don't know what this is going to come out like. It might be terrible. Bear with me. <laughs> so... There were ninety and nine that safely lay in the shelter of the fold. But one was out on the hills away, far off from the gates of gold. Away on the mountains wild and bare, away from the tender shepherd's care. Away from the tender shepherd's care. Lord, thou hast here thy ninety and nine, are they not enough for thee? But the shepherd made answer, this of mine has wandered away from me. So although the road be rough and steep, I go to the desert to find my sheep. I go to the desert to find my sheep. But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed, Sorry. nor how dark was the night that the Lord passed through. Sorry. Ere he found the sheep that was lost Out in the desert he heard its cry Sick and helpless and ready to die Sick and helpless and ready to die Lord, whence are those blood drops all the way That mark... Sorry. Mark out the mountain track They were shed for the one who had gone astray Ere the shepherd could bring him back Ah, oh, I've forgotten So the last verse is then up from the mountains thunder riven and up from the rocky steep there arose a cry to the gates of heaven <laughs> Rejoice I have found my sheep and the angels echoed around the throne Rejoice, for the Lord brings back his own. 
You probably get the gist of it. Rejoice for the Lord brings back his own. And I just, I guess, it, I just wanted to sing it because to me it just somehow captures the incredible depth and tenderness of the heart of God that he, the love with which he loves us and none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed. Or how dark was the night that the Lord passed through to find the sheep that was lost. And I guess if I could convey one thing with my life, it would be that you, do, you have no idea of the value that the shepherd places on your life. You have no idea of the value that the shepherd places on your life, that he would go through what he went through to win you and yet there's this lie that <clears throat> is bombarded at us throughout our lives that we're worthless we're valueless we're just some irrelevancy we're some kind of freak of evolution and yet we have this incredible picture we have this incredible parable of the shepherd who just cannot bear to have that sheep out there on its own lost and away from him and he will stop everything he's doing to bring this sheep back and god today the heart of god is crying out for you whatever state your heart is in however far you think you've fallen he whatever crevasse you think you've fallen into that he can't reach you trust me his arms are long enough to reach down into the deepest crevasse in the rocks to pull you out from the darkest place to untangle you from the thorniest <coughs> thicket honestly <coughs> sorry he loves you so much this parable he says that there's so much more rejoicing in heaven there would be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. So God has done the rejoicing over them already when they did repent and when they came to him. But when you or I as a lost sheep turn our eyes to him and reach out and say, come on, Jesus, get me out of this hole. There is so much rejoicing in heaven. Now, as we go through these these other two parables, we'll understand a little bit about what repentance is. Repentance has got a bad name. We associate it with the kind of fire and brimstone preaching and so on. But actually, this is it, it's where we come to our senses. It's where our sanity returns and suddenly we realise, man, I am lost. There's something so wonderful about the person who can say do you know what i am lost i need to be saved and just that oh man in that moment of sanity where god says yeah and i can save you jesus says i can save you i've done all the hard work it's not uh is there's not a mountain now that you have to climb i've done all the hard work it was me who passed through the dark night it was me who took the nails in my hands. It was me who paid for your sin. You can be saved. I've done all the hard work. You just need to reach out your hand and take hold of mine and I will pull you up out of that crevasse that you are in. 
and set your feet on a rock. I will seat you with princes. I will confer all the dignity and honour on you that it belongs to me. I'm going to just confer all that onto you. Just listen to this next one. Verse 8, um, it says, Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? When she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice with me, I found the coin that I lost. Just so. I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And again, we've all been in that situation, haven't we? We've lost something valuable. We sweep the house. We look high and low. We can't find it. We we, we phone a friend, you know, we kind of try and think of it anywhere we might have left this thing. And then suddenly we find it and it's like, whoa, it's great joy, isn't it? But how trivial compared to the joy over one sinner, over one lost person who repents, who turns to Jesus. Listen to this. This parable of the prodigal son should be of the lost son and the prodigal father, really, but we'll come to that. Verse 11, and he said, there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. Come on. He's, he's gone to his father. He's dishonoured his father. He said, I wish you were dead, effectively. I want my inheritance now. I can't wait. All I, I'm not interested in you, Dad. I'm not interested in relationship with you and being with you I'm just interested in what I can get from you I'm just interested in having the money that should come to me so he says give it to me now and and I think someone said to me once if you understand the eastern mindset this is like saying to your dad I wish you were dead that is an awful thing to say it's dishonoring it's completely the wrong way round, isn't it and the people listening to Jesus absolutely knew that and they'd been horrified at the impudence and arrogance of this young boy. And he says, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. And his father doesn't argue. He just divvies it up, gives him his share. And then not many days later, this younger son gathers all he has and goes off and fritters it away on frivolous living, literally wine, women, song, partying, reckless living and of course this he kind of sows his wild oats he lives this life which many think is oh this is a great this is a rock and roll lifestyle yay the the shackles are off I can do what I want to do I'm away from dad I'm away from home I'm away from those prying eyes trying to kind of be looking in on my life all the time telling me what to do so he's done it in a far country Reckless living, verse 14, when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose. So not only is he out of money, the whole economy is tanked and is down the toilet and there's nothing to eat anyway. And he began to be in need. So he hires himself out as a servant looking after pigs. 
And so he he's just, this is, everything is wrong. For a Jewish boy to be anything to do with pigs is kind of, oh, they're unclean. This is not what we do. We're Jews. We're much better than this. And yet there he is. He's gone out into the field to feed pigs. Verse 16, and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. So he's looking at the pigs and he's thinking, God, those pods are disgusting, but they seem to fill you up. Maybe I could try chewing on a pod and see if it kind of gets me anywhere. I can imagine. Oh, can you imagine it? Anyway, verse seven. So he's desperate and Jesus is a brilliant storyteller. He knows exactly how to really lay it on thick, but he's saying this is the state of somebody who's rebelled against God, who's gone far away and lost their dignity, they have become literally like someone who's, ah, uh, yeah, anyway, verse, verse 17, wanting to eat pig food, I mean, that is pretty low, isn't it, to sink to, verse 17, but when he came to himself, this is the moment, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He's thinking, do you know what? Even the servants, not even the slave, the ones who live in my master, in my father's household, yeah, they're like part of the family, but these are like just the day laborers who come, they paid uh, whatever it is a day and they're hired on a daily basis to come and help with the busy times in the farm. They're doing better than me. They've got enough to eat, but here am I dying of hunger and Jesus is saying that he has this moment where he comes to himself he wakes up he sees a situation for what it really is that is repentance and where he makes that turnaround that 180 degrees turnaround in his mind and he changes his heart and his mind and he says I will arise I will arise this is repentance and go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Now I saw that happen with my own son. And I saw, I was there, Anna and I were there, where he literally turned 180 degrees from being living his own way, living his own life, and turned to literally 100% repent and just say Jesus I have been living away from you I've been living in an ungodly way you've been there waiting for me to turn and I've just been carrying on ignorantly doing my own thing but now I'm coming back to you and I know you love me I know you receive me please forgive me please forgive me he began to ask God to forgive him for specific things it was the most beautiful, beautiful prayer. And he, he just turned literally in his tracks, 180 degrees, and now is living for Jesus. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing. And so there is, repentance is not like doom and gloom. It's about waking up to our condition and just saying, do you know what? I'm not living as a child of God. I'm, I, I need to turn my life around. I need to bring myself back to the father now this is this is beautiful what happens next so 
he makes this resolve, he gets up, and he says, I'm going to really go for broke. I'm going to say, take me on as a hired servant, Dad. And so, verse 20, it says, he, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He says, I, I can't. I can't claim that anymore. I can't presume on that. You have the family name being applied to me because I've been such a disgrace. <laughs> but he, so while, while he's there and, and he says, verse 22, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to celebrate isn't that amazing it's just so 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 beautiful the father doesn't even let him finish his words while he's a long way off the father sees him runs towards him full of compassion ran and embraced him and kissed him he literally some the old king james version says he fell on his neck and that word there we have in greek is literally that he fell on him and it's like with some violence the the um they when they explain the word they say it can it, it can mean with some violence it's so literally the father is running towards him engulfs him in this embrace holds him clings to him and won't let him go and he's trying to say his piece good morning caroline good morning andrew he's trying to say his piece and get his words out because he's prepared his speech he's thought about it he's rehearsed it all the way there gets to the father father won't even let him speak he's just on him boom and, oh man, if we could understand the heart of God, if we could see the heart of God in this picture, there's all kinds of deeper meanings and layers of meaning about Israel and the Gentile church and everything else, but we need to understand this is the heart of the Father and get it on board. This is the one who did not even spare Jesus, but gave Jesus so that this could happen, that this reunion could happen interestingly when the holy spirit comes at pentecost and at the house of cornelius the language uses the same language it fell and that's why we understand the holy spirit being poured out as the father's embrace it's a beautiful beautiful thing um so we could talk some more about that but we don't have time but let's just finish the story because it's really important so the father said to his servants bring quickly the best robe not just any old robe the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for him. This my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Wow, what a party. That is how God responds every single time someone comes to him by faith and says, Father, I have sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. Take me in, please. Take me in. Now, here comes the spoil sport, the sad, the party pooper. Verse, so they begin to celebrate. Verse 25, and now his older son was in the field. 
And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he's found. So <laughs> stop being a grumpy <laughs> misery guts. Get your party clothes on. Come down and celebrate. Let's do it. But this is this is a kind of really sad reflection and, and we do see it. We do see it. Somebody comes to the Lord with and they come from a really broken situation and they have received well and God gives them favour and glory. Andrew Cannon, I don't know if you're still listening, but Andrew Cannon, he tells his own story, just of brokenness and how God rescued him and lifted him up and gave him this dignity and called him to be an evangelist and beautiful, beautiful testimony, how God has used him. It's just fantastic. And there are other people who've been in church forever and they've kind of never really even led someone to Jesus and they see something going on with a, a new believer and they're like, oh, grumpy, grumpy, sour, sour. <laughs> you can imagine the father like, I'm going to give you a smack in a minute because this is the best thing that could possibly happen and you're poisoning it with your grumpy face. Sort it out. And, oh man, so let's sort it out. And I, I heard a very, very good prayer once someone prayed and they I think they said something along the lines of Lord bring the prodigals as in the lost son bring these lost boys and girls back into your house but please can they meet the father not the older brother because <laughs> what a, what a difference the heart of God bursting with compassion bursting with love just longing to pour his spirit on these people, just longing to give them everything. And then sourpuss Christians who want to complain because these new people are, everything's about them suddenly. Well, yeah, it is actually, because this is time to celebrate and it is all about them because of this incredible reunion and this thing that has caused such rejoicing in heaven. If we don't reflect that on the earth, shame on us. So here we go. This is the heart of God. This, these three parables really have shaped my life. They've shaped my understanding of the heart of God. They've shaped my theology since I was a small child. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to mum and dad, both with Jesus now. My dad singing us those songs. And he, he didn't get through it any better than I did. He was <laughs> always <laughs> crying halfway through. Um, but... The Sunday school teachers who taught me these parables, read them out, bless them. Lord Jesus, please let somebody listen to this today who needs to hear it. 
or at least some point in the future, God, let them experience the Father's embrace. Let them experience the kiss on the cheek, the ring on the finger, the best robe, and the welcome into the family. Amen. Have a great day, everyone. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him but more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.